part four of joseph conrad a personal remembrance by ford maddox ford this librivox recording is in the public domain part four section one that too is romance with the turn of the century we took up again romance for a long time we had talked of going to bruges in order to get quiet in which to finish this work this not because the pent was noisy but its corners seemed to be filled with the whispering echoes of our struggles the crux of the difficulties in this book had arrived by that time a great deal of it was finished and in about its present condition conrad's allotment of the authorship of the parts of this work had better be given here again i suppose our recollections agree he writes to the author mine in their simplest form are first part yours second part mainly yours with a little by me on points of seamanship and such like small matters third part about sixty per cent mine with important touches by you fourth part mine with here and there an important sentence by you fifth part practically all yours including the famous sentence at which we both exclaimed this is genius do you remember what it was with perhaps half a dozen lines by me the writer's recollection agrees except as to the fourth part which does not contain one word by the writer how that came about shall now be recounted the writer with his family and paraphernalia had transported themselves to bruges to await conrad and his bruges is a grey silent town with crow-step gables to the house fronts its shadows being shot with the gleams from canals that run through the streets its roof level is dominated by an immense belfry from which there descend chimes the chimes are practically never silent beautifully and drowsily five minutes before every quarter of the hour they begin to announce that the quarter is about to strike for ten minutes after the quarter has struck they go on announcing that the quarter has struck the hour is greeted for a quarter of an hour by chimes that announce that the hour is about to strike for forty-five minutes after the hour has struck they continue to announce that the hour has struck the hours and the quarters are struck on great bells whose overtones go on reverberating for fifty or for ten minutes respectively that is impressionism the impressionism of those who in bruges lie awake at night there are in bruges a great number of churches all with bells and some very lovely bright little pictures by von eck there was also an english pension to which we had agreed to go conrad liked to be amongst english people when abroad bruges is also very relaxing except at night it is difficult not to sleep the contents page of romance looks like this part first the quarry and the beach part second the girl with the lizard part third casariego part fourth blade and guitar part fifth the lot of man whose names are five sweet symphonies in the capa y espada manner they are all conrad's those names there was nothing he loved so much as inventing titles for parts it was like being a herald proclaiming war from the steps of st paul's 
on arrival in bruges the author was carrying the manuscript of parts one two and three complete the end of the book was also done by then exactly as it stands except for the peroration over which subsequently we worked for twenty hours on end we were to meet cheered by the new atmosphere of bruges and in a rush finish off part four and the opening of part five in three or four days then we would take a week's holiday and look at the churches we had also planned an excursion to ghent two sailors ashore after a four years voyage for by that time we had been on and off four years over romance so there we were in bruges in the english pension waiting for conrad the english pension seemed to be distinguished chiefly by brown linoleum bentwood chairs in long perspectives long teeth in withered faces dimness and placards forbidding you to take water between certain hours from certain taps and by complete absolute unshakable lassitude there was no place in which to write when with a desperate struggle of the will the writer took a private sitting-room on the ground floor little boys from the school opposite used to throw in at the windows envelopes full of ink which made a delectable mess about the shadowy streets and along the dim canals the briton was pursued by crowds of little boys whose shouts of vive le boys gave temporary animation to bruges la mort conrad delayed to come romance was thus hung up we had agreed that the writer should work in the mornings on romance whilst conrad wrote probably typhoon at the same time we would play dominoes in agreeable cafes during the afternoon and after dinner collaborate gaily the work would take only a few days it was impossible to do anything during the day in bruges but lie on one's bed at night it was impossible to sleep for chimes and mosquitoes conrad delayed to come the diet of the english pension thin slices of cold mutton potatoes boiled in water greens boiled in water which remained with the greens began seriously to deteriorate a digestion used to food more elaborate the taste of the greens was never out of the mouth one hesitated to change one's lodging because conrad was coming to-morrow he liked to be amongst english people when abroad it was perhaps to-morrow that he was then writing or both to-morrow and typhoon the withered faces and the long teeth that phantasmally loomed in the more dim spaces of the english pension were curious to know why we needed a private sitting-room to write a book in a novel oh good gracious they had never been in a pension with a novelist before was it quite of course you locked your door at night but they had always thought like common soldiers you know not allowed in the best telegrams went backwards and forwards between the pension and the pent book just being finished came the cheerful news from the pent pinker would come down with large sum the early summer waned the dog days were intolerable there the french swiss governess indispensable declared she would not stop another day in bruges little boys calling her sale anglaise had thrown ink over her pink-striped best dimity dress agitated packings began 
in the midst of them a telegram from sandling junction to say starting there was of course a rush to ost end where the boat comes in travellers not coming by boat are not allowed on the ostend bruges express the writer visited the sous chef de guerre statie under verborst he removed his hat bowing with exquisite politeness and announced to a uniformed man as big as a sea lion qu'il serait infiniment reconnaissé si monsieur le chef de guerre lui accordait la permission the sea lion mumbled what bolt gui voyager vont the writer wanted permission to travel by the ostend bruges express the sea lion waved a flapper and cried conrad appeared on the platform overburdened by the weight of a large small boy not very well bearers staggering after that congo caravan the scared face of amy foster maid who had never been abroad a swarm of frightened ticket collectors running alongside conrad infuriated the caravan is assimilated by the express the timid ticket collectors waver round the open door of the carriage bleeding tickets please billets compons bitte die Fahrkarten. conrad exhausted but volcanic sunk on the cushions exclaims dirt foreigners sale belge damn 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 the sea lion in an unbuttoned blue tunic with gilt buttons a tunic large enough to be a truck cover waddles like a great sow amongst a poultry yard of ticket collectors he exclaimed that macht mex english the ticket collectors disperse whether conrad had any tickets the writer never knew he certainly never showed them it is perhaps in that way that one ought to handle foreigners conrad remained wrapped in a comminative gloom the train going over the flat lands he contrived to communicate to the milder writer that all 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 these things the train the boat the mislaid trunks the ticket collectors and the whole dreary waste of foreigners were his the writer's fault one ought to be english the writer ought to be english why wasn't he english to the soul asking permission of a statie under first it made these fellows not know their places but it would be all right when we got to the english pension amongst english people at the first sight of the first placard on the first landing surrounded by long teeth that peeped from the gloom of corridors conrad stiffened like a sudden corpse water must not be drawn from this tap between the hours of eleven and ten morning or evening guests will be strictly silent on the stairs a fine of one franc twenty-five will be enacted for every five minutes late at meals no smoking in the dining-room salons stairs bathrooms or w c s boots are not cleaned in the corridors anglican service daily in the dining-room from nine thirty to one thus england spoke what conrad said made all the glimmering teeth vanish from those corridors for the next seven hours he disappeared gone he seemed to be gone for days but within seven hours we were all aboard the tram for knock he had met an admirable abbe in the place du Beaufort. 
he had been directed to that seashore admirable hotel wonderful domino players charming dutch french spanish german fellow-guests belgians not so bad best class director of brussels orchestra wagnerian cantatrice unsurpassed sands cooking hmm, four francs a day bath and vin compris a little music with a chasse cafe mon vieux we will finish romance in a week it was not so bad when conrad really went at it he fell on his feet all right knock was just within the belgian border you could run in a sand yacht in front of the dunes right to slees far in holland the hotel was very airy the fellow-guests were pleasant you could play in domino or ecarte tournaments or sand tennis ones even miss benny van der meer de wacheren was charming when at meals her voice was not shaking the glasses on the trays in the sixth-floor back bedroom where we tried to collaborate alas a child fell ill the book would not go in the mornings in the top room romance in the mornings would not go either on the corner of the cafe table doctors had to be fetched at midnight in the teeth of westerly gales the foam white like a bar across the sky the sand skinning your lips the child was very ill the writer developed symptoms of idiocy never before suspected owing to the illness of the child it was impossible for conrad to invent the escape of john kemp from the Diego and rio Magia the writer was set to invent he invented john kemp boarding the leon or some other ship with the fainting seraphina on one arm kemp swarming up a rope with his burden and shooting two negroes whose white teeth gleamed at the wheel it became touch and go with the child conrad had a very bad gout his wrist all wrapped up he groaned all day long in the top room writing was impossible from time to time he would smile distractedly to the writer and say if i didn't know that you mon vieux were writing away at that book i should go mad alas in the cafe downstairs the sand and the draughts filtered round the writer's ankles the ink was full of sand the typewriter was stopped by sand the marble table on which one wrote was like ice autumn was there the voice of miss binney competed with great gales off the leaden north sea the child lived to become an admirable son and to make the proudest of fathers that conrad was the discreetly proudest of grandfathers so conrad had mind enough to read how the bodies of those white-teeth niggers falling on the wheel made the pirate ship come about and how john kemp exclaimed to the villainous o'brien foiled and by a stripling it was not really as bad as that but that was how it felt as the writer sat by with conrad reading the manuscript conrad had too bad a headache and was too bad with the gout to be read to in the top room that contained a deal table an unmade-up bed some ash-trays and a portrait of leopold king of the belgians hanging on the wall askew leopold had his revenge for the inheritors as he simpered down over his preposterous beard the ugly jew 
the writer almost turned not because conrad did not like john kemp's pistol practice but because conrad's belief in the writer's omniscience should have put him to the job of writing sea adventures which was trying him altogether too high for conrad really had that belief that is the one certainty that the writer had as to how conrad really regarded him he may have had affection for the writer or he may not he may have had admiration for his gifts, or he may not. The one thing that is certain is that he really regarded him as omniscient. Otherwise, he would never have put him at the jobs that he did put him at. For of our establishment, the writer was Bill the Lizard. It was, here, Bill. Where's Bill? Bill the Master says that you've got to go up the chimney all day long. And proud, too the writer would have to supply authentic information about anarchists as about cabinet ministers about courts of justice as about the emotions of women about leases mining shares brands of cigarettes the verse of christina rossetti he did too and was mostly treated with an exaggerated politeness as to the accusation of omniscience and the politeness there is documentary evidence you may read in the preface of the secret agent of the omniscient friend who first gave me the first suggestion of the book or again this is conrad giving you the writer the subject of the secret agent i mean the tale came to me in the shape of a few words uttered by a friend in a casual conversation about anarchists or rather anarchists activities how brought about i do not remember now i remember however remarking on the criminal futility of the whole thing doctrine action mentality presently passing to particular instances we recall the already old story of the attempt to blow up greenwich observatory that outrage could not be laid hold of mentally in any sort of way i pointed all this out to my friend who remained silent for a while and then remarked in his characteristic casual and omniscient manner oh that fellow was half an idiot his sister committed suicide afterwards it never occurred to me later to ask how he arrived at his knowledge. I am sure that if he had once in his life seen the back of an anarchist, that must have been the whole of his connection with the underworld. That passage is curiously characteristic, Conrad, for what the writer really did say to Conrad was, Oh, that fellow was half an idiot. His sister murdered her husband afterwards and was allowed to escape by the police i remember the funeral the suicide was invented by conrad and the writer knew and conrad knew that the writer knew a great many anarchists of the good street group as well as a great many of the police who watched them the writer had provided conrad with anarchist literature with memoirs with introductions to at least one anarchist young lady who figures in the secret agent indeed the writer's first poems were set up by that very young lady on an anarchist printing press acquiring such knowledge is the diversion of most youths the writer having once been young there are few english boys of spirit who have not at one time or other dressed up in sweaters and with handkerchiefs round their necks gone after experience amongst the cutthroats at wapping old stairs 
but conrad when he met the writer after the publication of the secret agent with preface in nineteen twenty remarked almost at once and solicitously you know the preface to the secret agent i did not give you away too much i was very cautious he had wished politely to throw a veil of eternal respectability over the writer and he had been afraid that the suggestion that the writer had once known some anarchists thirty-five years before might ruin the writer's career and of course few men in self-revelations and prefaces have ever so contrived under an aspect of lucidity to throw over themselves veils of confusion for the sake of completing the picture of collaborators at work whilst we are quoting the writer will quote here a passage from stephen crane that has always pleased the writer very much you must not be offended he writes to someone by Uffer's manner he patronizes mr james he patronizes mr conrad of course he patronizes me and he will patronize almighty god when they meet but god will get used to it for herfer is all right with the additional information that it was according to conrad that henry james always referred to the writer as votre ami le jeune homme modeste the writer will leave the reader to make what he can of it relationships are extraordinarily indefinable things but with the fourth part of romance the writer really did momentarily feel that he was being tried too high and he protested he pointed out that he knew nothing about the sea except that it was salt and bitter he ought not to have been set to contrive the escape of john kemp by sea he could have done it overland and would have made kemp just as hangable conrad grumbled rather suspiciously that the writer had managed all right with the pirate attack on the breeze in part two the writer pointed out that it was one thing to elaborate a scene from the evidence of a trial and to write a quarter of a mile astern and between the land and us a little schooner rather low in the water curtsying under a cloud of white canvas a wonderful thing to look at any one who could describe a pint pot could write that but with the impression that the writer knew all about his conrad's past at the back of his mind conrad said still suspiciously that's all right what's the matter with it the implication being that the writer really knew all about seafaring and had just not tried when he invented those niggers at the wheel the fact was that conrad suspected the writer of not having taken trouble with the passage because of going joy-riding with miss benny on a sand-yacht into holland something like that in any case that was the end of the writer's invention of parts of romance conrad took over the fourth part which begins there was a slight almost imperceptible jar a faint grating noise a whispering sound of sand and the boat without a splash floated in the literature of romantic adventure there is nothing more admirable unless only conrad would have added the purple land so the writer failed conrad as any other king tom always fails any malay prince for the labours conrad put into that immense wad out of the book must have been agonizing and in that matter the writer was past help but it must not be imagined that that ended our labours 
the parts once joined up we went right over the book again working upon every passage with microscopes it then went to the printers and there was an interval but the proof corrections we made were so overwhelming that when we were halfway through the second part measures smith and elder sent the manuscript back suggesting that we might as well make our corrections on that we went through it all again and even after that corrected elaborately on the last section of the proof we worked at the pent from ten in the morning till firelighting time of the next morning as has been related what our labours amounted to was what follows this passage from the end of romance has been printed elsewhere as well the reader may not have seen that book we worked all that day on those passages putting in sentences and taking them out there was a great deal more conrad at one time a great deal more huffer at another it all went but what here is given we were you see shortening 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 for the sake of progression des faits end of section one